0: Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that, if you do daily, are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today, and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, Peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie and I'm so excited today to introduce you to Elizabeth. D'Alto. You probably know her over from Instagram. If you don't, you should be following over her there, her over there. I'm going to make sure that she gives you her Instagram handle. She is a spiritual being within this world, a healer who is bringing in so much understanding, so much awareness of how we can step into our own power, be truly authentically ourselves, care for, nourish ourselves, and really embody our own energy. So Elizabeth, thank you so much much for all the work that you do and thank you for being here on the show today. Thanks. I'm excited. Yay. I want to start with how did you get into this work and maybe start by telling everybody exactly what you do? Because I know that you have courses and programs too.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know it's in this world, it's much easier to talk about like what the work does for me anyway than like titles and things. But over the last few years I started calling myself an embodiment specialist like when I need a neat and tidy Title, yeah, because <laughs> um, and I have it's called the School of Sacred Embodiment, mm-hmm. and that's that's where every everything I do is under the school. And we're actually coming up this year in twenty twenty three on the ten year anniversary. And uh, I didn't realize, obviously, when I set out ten years ago that I would be creating kind of my own Sacred Embodiment Mystery School. I was just following like the little divine nudges and urgings to move away from. I had been a personal trainer. And a group fitness instructor. And I, when I was in my mid to late twenties, I just started to notice and realize that a lot of my clients, even like much older than me, like in their fifties, twice my age would come and they'd be like sharing things and wanting my opinion and advice. And I'm like, why are these grown people <laughs> wanting to know what a 28 year old thinks of their like adult lives, you know, like I was literally like a broke personal trainer in New York City working with like C-level executives and big companies being like, why are they asking me anything? Like we're like stratospheres away from each other in so many ways. And then um, I started dating someone who was a Reiki master and so was his mom and his sister. And he got me my first session with the Then I started to do all this other work, become much more interested in energy work, psychology, and things like that, and the more sensual aspects and enlivening aspects of movement. So I'm a big synthesizer. So that's kind of how it originally came together. I was moving out of fitness, and I was much more interested in healing work, but I was always a body-centric person anyway. So it was like, ah, how can we do the healing work that really includes the body? Because I'm such a, I don't know if you or your people, I would imagine you might be, are into astrology. Like I have a Virgo sun, my Mercury's in Virgo, I'm a Capricorn moon, super grounded. And then also I have all these like five placements in Sagittarius, Venus and Mars, conjunct and bleed, like all this fire too. And then also all this Gemini, North Node, rising, Chiron. So the messenger, like being a teacher, like that's such a big part. And that had been the thread through my couple different little career pivots. So um, I just started to evolve. The original practice was called, is called wild soul movement. Mm -hmm. And there was just one movement method that combined mantra with a little bit of meditation to ground and then slow, gentle, sensual movement. And over the years, what I realized is it is such an effective practice because it gives the mind something to do. That's why we have the mantra. But then people can really be in their bodies, right? I, I say, get out of your head and into your body. Mm-hmm. And I was poking around on your podcast a little bit and I'm like, got it. Like these are people who are up in like the spiritual realms. Yes. And the grounding. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna get up in there and help them ground it because it's both, <laughs> right? Like we need both. So um why and then, why do we need both?
0: Tell cause this we, to I, everybody.
1: Because we do live on the earth, right? <laughs> as, well, as, some of as, us don't wanna. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't really want to either. Sometimes it's a little bit of a dumpster fire, but we're here and we gotta make the most out of it. And it's it's really not true healing if you're not engaging with reality. You know, I'm sure you and your people are familiar with the term spiritual bypass, but when, when we use our tools, when we use our practices to bypass reality, like the goings on of everyday life, that's not real useful, like collective healing and liberation work. It might be very individualistic for for you, you being like the general you, anyone who's listening, but we're not really here to just work on ourselves. Obviously it starts with us, but if the work that we're doing isn't also going to have a positive ripple effect on our loved ones, on our communities, or on like the broader collective, personally, I, unless you're like a monk or something and that's your contribution, right? You want to be like an aesthetic and like live that lifestyle and your constant prayer and meditation is your contribution. That's cool. But most of us are here, like living lives, paying bills. Some people have families and kids. Some of us like me are delightfully child free by choice, but I'm part of my friends and family's village. I'm like, Professional auntie over here. Yeah. So we have to be here doing the human stuff too. So we might as well integrate it, you know?
0: What does it feel like to you within your physical body, within your day to day reality, when you bring in and meld the grounding with all that is connecting with the divine, connecting with oneness?
1: What it feels like is the body is like the bridge between heaven and earth, mm-hmm. right? So I get to feel and experience, you know, synchronicity, divine timing, wonder, awe, joy, pleasure, all this really blissful sensation. Um, But then I also, on the other side of that, get to have my sacred rage. I get to be agitated. I get to you know, go into the depths and I process that stuff too. And none of it's better than any, like, there's no hierarchy. So it, it feels like very complete. And I know that's not like the sensations, but it just, it feels like wholeness. Right. And it so the way I experience it is like the body is kind of the bridge, the portal between heaven and earth. And then within ourselves, it's like the heart is the portal between like the upper chakras, like that divine connection, and then the lower, which connects us to Mm -hmm. earth and like practical everyday things. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the body is a little microcosm of that larger like connection that we all are. I think of it like, something I say a lot is the body is a temple, a pathway and a portal. That's Mm -hmm. what it feels like. It feels like being. A living, breathing, moving portal. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious because you have this beautiful knowledge and experience having been a personal trainer who wasn't at the time a healer and now a healer and and bridging together those two things. And I'm just wondering when you look at the collective consciousness and where humanity is at, how much of the percentage of humanity is really embodying in that way and really stepping into the body what do you see from your experience as a fitness professional of like there's so many misnomers right and there's so many misconceptions and how do you see the body differently now than you did before?
1: I love this question so much. So I think I like to think of things on spectrums all the time so that I could locate myself. I can give people something again, practical and grounded to like kind of assess and locate themselves and inquire. So like on the one extreme side for me was, you know, when I was in fitness and I was, I hadn't really woken up yet as people say, In terms of their like spiritual awakening, there's like a a way of being like massively over-identified with the body, right? Mm -hmm. Where we derive our worth, our identity from how we look. And especially in the fitness world, or all kinds of these physical things, how much we could lift, if we could see our abs, if you know we have definition here, what we're eating, like all these things that people attach and develop their identity and even their personality around. And then on the other side of that would be like the people who over-identify with the spiritual, right? Like they just want to be a fairy living out in the forest or something and like not having to pay rent, not having to do this thing, or, or they find it hard to like engage with like work and everyday things and get things done. And so it's like, again, the bringing together of the two things. And I had a really interesting realization many years ago which was, I had a lot of, (laughs) I'm sure some people can relate to this, when you have trauma, but you didn't know you had trauma because it wasn't physical, right? Mm. I had never experienced any physical abuse in my family growing up. I had never experienced any sexual abuse. And often those physical, very tangible, recognizable things, we go, oh God, that's trauma. But, (laughs) excuse me, I grew up in like a wildly chaotic household, right? With all kinds of emotional abuse, mental health issues, addiction, stuff going on. So I had more like complex, like the invisible kind of trauma, but it never really like took me out of myself because I'd been athletic and I'd been into fitness my whole life. So I realized I'm like, how did I even get as far into my twenties as I did without doing any healing work and functioning at the high level that I did with all the unprocessed trauma I had. And I realized it's because I was working out and moving my body all the time, five or six days a week, probably from the time I was eight years old. Yeah. So that's one of the things that tuned me into just how regulating it is for the body, for the system, for the spirit, for the soul, connective also on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels to be doing physical things whether it's intense exercise or more like intentional movement practice, like I do now. Um, So again, all of this is kind of like an opening to just to integrate all the parts. So did I answer the question? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where does humanity have to go to, though? Where does humanity have to get to? Because what Spirit has been saying for the last over two years now Is that bridge that you talk about, this embodiment of really being here, is a really big piece of the puzzle of how we're going to get people to raise the consciousness, Mm -hmm. to like, lift and shift the vibration, to really change the planet. Where does the collective have to get to, and what do you feel like are the steps of how we're supposed to get to that point within ourselves? Because yeah. it's like we're a microcosm, right? We are this microcosm to what is happening outside of us.
1: Yeah. My big answer for that is inclusivity. Mm. And I'm doing right now, at the time we're recording this, I don't know when it's going to go live, but I'm hosting a business interview series called The Real Up Level. And the reason why is because I've been in my business now. I'm coming up on the 10 year anniversary. So I've been in these overlapping industries of like coaching self help and personal development health and wellness online business and you see a lot of people out here with these huge platforms making millions of dollars but what they are is they're masters of marketing they're not masters of their crafts and they also don't understand how a lot of people function mm-hmm. and this is what inclusivity is we still live in a culture and a society globally right it's different country to country region to region um but i'm assuming most of your people are Probably the middle of the bell curve is in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So we have all kinds of alive and well systems of like oppression and supremacy, like on so many levels, right? And one of the things that I love doing in my work, and I do, uh, I train specialists in my movement methods and healing frameworks, is how can we be just one of the absolute most inclusive places anyone can possibly go for healing work? So that means that we need to understand the implications of all these things, right? Racism, capitalism, patriarchy, misogyny, like all the isms, all the oni's, like all the things, right? Ableism. How do we understand more like neurodivergence, trauma, mental health issues? Not that any of us need to be experts in all of it, but just have awareness around it. So that when we're speaking, when we're teaching, when we're engaging with people, and this isn't just for people who like do this kind of work, right? Even in my own family, as I've learned more about addiction through working with my clients doing, I used to do Akashic records readings and I did hundreds of those over the years and people would come with their most intimate stuff, right? And so I got to learn just through the experience of working with people about all these things that I've never experienced myself eating disorders, mental, like clinical depression, right? The stuff that we can't just love and light away because there's something in the wiring is can sometimes just like take over. yeah. And there's nothing people could do about it. So it's the inclusivity is about just having so much more awareness and acknowledgement and also compassion and acceptance for how complex and different we all are And not putting anything on a hierarchy anymore, right? Just being like, we're all so different. We function the way we function. Even before we started recording, right? I was like, hey, I have ADHD, so I take notes sometimes. So I don't forget. And you were like, me too. Even that, right? Whereas, and the reason I tell people that is because if I don't and I'm looking down and you're watching the video, people might assume she's looking at her phone. She's not paying attention. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to stay present and not lose my train of thought. Um, And even in in working environments, in schools, you know, I look at, I have members of my family who just traditional schooling was not good for them. Yeah. They're so creative and so brilliant in their own ways, but the traditional schooling, the way that system of education works was brutal for them. And now they have all kinds of self-esteem issues because of that, right? And it's not because there was anything wrong with them. It's just because the way they were put through school was not the best way for them. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm just trying to give as many as examples as many examples as I can. Even me over the um, over the course of my 30s, I'm 39 now. You know, from my personal trainer days to now, I've gained a ton of weight, and a big chunk of it came on during the pandemic. And I'm like, cool. This is an invitation to look at where I have fat phobia in my consciousness, right? Where I might view myself or others differently and didn't even realize it. Because now that it's an experience in my own body, I'm like, oh, how do people treat me differently now that my body is larger versus when I was really fit? Like fit, I'll put in air quotes, like as as the mythical norm, you know, the societally acceptable expression of fit. So this is obviously you can tell something I'm really obsessed with is inclusivity. It's just being... And I think if humanity in general, because so much of what divides us is people thinking that their way is better or right Mm -hmm. and other people's are wrong. Yeah. Across, you know, so many different categories. Instead of just being like, huh, got it. You're built differently from me. Right. What's the common ground? Because there really is so much more common ground than we realize. But I think a lot of people's perception is to look for difference rather than to be like, where might we be able to connect? And then the other big thing, which is tangentially related to this, is I think humanity really needs more of an emphasis on just, how do I want to describe it? Conflict resolution. Mm. This is something I think if it was like taught in schools, how do you navigate conflict? Like emotional intelligence I call this going out on a limb because it's emotional literacy, intelligence and maturity. Right? Courageous communication, conflict mm-hmm. resolution. If those things were taught from a young age, mm-hmm. then again, people would just be able to like connect and 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 just see let things just be more neutral when there's disagreements and not make it so personal, right? Or not make it so political as yeah. things have become these days.
0: So there's so many different things to start with, right? And when it comes to stepping into who you are and really becoming the best version of yourself and stepping into embodiment work and spirituality, your own spirituality, it, it can feel like a rabbit hole for a lot of yep. people because there's so many different steps and there's so many different processes and there's so much to peel back because we really are this onion. We're peeling back just one layer at, at a time. And I think people think well, we're going to get to a point where there's nothing to peel back. And as long as you're still living and breathing, you're still peeling back layers, so, how do we simplify this for people? how What are the the steps that people can start with in order to really come back and be in their body and 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 be here now and without fear, because there's so much, to your point earlier at the beginning of the podcast, there's so much that we have been through, and there are so many yeah. people out there who don't feel safe Mm -hmm. in their own bodies. And so it can be a very scary experience for a lot of people to step into their bodies and feel okay.
1: Yeah. Or even feel right. Like the reason why so many people are disconnected or disassociated is because they don't want to feel. Yeah. Or they're afraid that if they let themselves, they'll just be consumed by it. Because there's so much going on under the hood. So in chemistry and trauma healing, there's this term titration, which is about just adding like a little bit of stimulus or a little bit of like whatever, if you're making like a chemical solution or something, just a little bit at a time so you can gauge the reaction and then go at like a responsible pace, right? Because a lot of people approach healing like they want those big, massive breakthroughs.
0: Hey, friends, my internet just went out. That has never happened before, but um, I'm just going with it. And we're just going to like let it start where it had taken off because we had asked such good stuff and we were getting such good stuff. Here's where I want to dive into. How do we feel at home in our own body? How do we come home to this space and embody this sacred temple that is our yeah. physical being?
1: I love this. One of of my taglines is, you know, every, I specifically work with women. um, Every woman deserves to feel safe at home and powerful in their body. And there's a reason for the order, right? Safety has to come before feeling at home, which comes before feeling powerful, right? So you had said something before we got disconnected about, you know, how do people feel safe? And first thing really is first, if people do have any kind of deep trauma that like takes over their system, right? We know like the way trauma works in the brain um, and the way you know this is is how reactive are you, right? Because, you know, there's a popular phrase, people talk about trauma responses, but I feel like that's a little bit of a misnomer because they're actually trauma reactions because it's reactivity. You can't even control it. Like there's no pause, right? Mm -hmm. You're just like off react, like fight, flight, freeze, or appease, right? Or fawn. Some people call that and you can't even control it. Right. And so people really do need to address if they have trauma like that, or if there are specific things that just trigger them into these reactions Mm -hmm. that has to come. That's part of developing safety. It has to happen, happen on the nervous system level right? And, and even my kind of work and bodybuilding practices and stuff like that, it's super complementary to that kind of trauma healing, but it is not a substitute for that kind of trauma healing, right? Like a lot of women who come into my communities, my programs or our membership use our practices to help integrate whatever whatever else they're needing to heal. And listen, not everyone has that level of trauma, but I'm just saying if someone does, and this goes back to the inclusivity thing I was saying earlier, you don't need to blame or shame yourself about that. You just need to be like, damn, I have some stuff in my system that I need to work out. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's not different than if you have like need to do like a parasite cleanse and you're like, man, if if I want my digestion to work better, I got to get rid of these parasites. Right. It's like, I got to get rid of the trauma. And I don't say that to um, diminish the real intensity of trauma, but I say to like create some neutrality around it because people shame themselves. Mm -hmm. People feel like there's something wrong with them. Other people have it together and I don't. And it's just like, that's just not the case. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a thing for whatever reason you came into this life acquired and you got to deal with it. And that's part of your process and that's part of your journey. And it sucks when it sucks. But then when you get to the other side of it, it's so amazing, right? And then we get to look back and go, wow, that whole experience, look who I've become Mm -hmm. as a result of it, right? So safety has how how do people feel safe? Whether it's finding a safe environment, whether it's learning what triggers you, and just not subjecting yourself to those things to the best of your ability, right? Finding communities. This is another big piece. People need community, whether it's online communities, in person communities, a mix of both. Humans really are built to be like village, like to have a village, and. The, we're so isolated, right, in our little families and our little homes and whatever. Like some people don't even talk to their neighbors. We need community. And that that cultivates and fosters safety because we realize we're not alone. We realize we are not the only one having these experiences and then we have places to go or people to reach out to in our really hard moments. And again, all this comes back to the body because all of the feelings and the emotions and the sensations anxiety, things, stress that come from the mind or the body or the mind exacerbates when the body is feeling a certain way and then you're judging and spinning, you feel that. Yeah. Or it drains you. And as I'm sure you all have talked about, I can't imagine you haven't, it could affect our physical health too.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then when people aren't feeling well, then of course, there's a whole ripple effect of things that that has on whether or not they're going to feel safe or okay in their bodies. So just whatever you got going on under the hood, address it, right? Uh, Slowly but surely over time. And I like to think of it, uh, I don't know if anyone played video games growing up, but I played simple video games like Super Mario or like Donkey Kong. And I love to use the video game analogy for healing because part of coming home to ourselves It's just accepting the fact that the only constant thing in life is change. Mm -hmm. And it's just like in a video game, you might go from like level to level to level and then get to like, I think about Mario, like the castle, right? You got to fight like the biggest, baddest, bad guy. And then you just go from like world number one to world number two. And then you start over again in world number two, right? (laughs) And you're like, okay, now I'm like level one, world number two. I got 13 levels to go. And then you beat that world and there's world number three. So there's like within each section, it's going to have its own challenges. And then you're going to move on. But each time we like up level or upgrade or whatever, there's going to be new stuff. So like you were using the metaphor early of peeling back the onion. Sometimes we do start to get to the core of the onion. And the thing that some people really would hope is that it would get easier. (laughs) (laughs) And what I find is that it's not that life or whatever gets easier. Sometimes things become more intense, but our ability to deal with things, right? Who we are. Whether or that is strength and resiliency or the wisdom of age, like I'm gonna be 40 this year, I can't wait. Like, I'm remembering who I was when I turned 30. I'm like so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so much better at so many things now, you know, and I'm such a way to go on other stuff. But it's like we just get better at navigating whatever it is yeah. that life throws at us. And so, this coming home part is also really, I speak about acceptance a lot. I have a self-love framework and the middle part is acceptance. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, anything we're going to do with ourselves, we do for everything else. Acceptance is just getting to like a very neutral place loaded with compassion for whatever's happening whenever it's happening, Yeah, right? So we don't have to make ourselves wrong or bad. We don't have to make, so we don't have to waste time being distracted in the like, I don't deserve this or this shouldn't be happening. If it's happening, it's happening, mm-hmm. right? So we could just be at home in whatever's going on. So it's almost like those things are a little paradoxical, right? Because it's like, we need to learn ourselves and find what makes us feel safe and at home. Mm-hmm. And then we also need to go, well, I also take myself with me wherever I go. So yeah. if I feel at home within myself, connected to my body, right? I could be home. I can know I'm I'm safe within myself, even at, no matter what's going on. In mm-hmm. the world around me, and so and one of the biggest things I teach people around that is just reverse the order of operations, right? So, so many of us are taught to rely on our minds and to try to get our minds to control the body. Mm-hmm. So instead, in my world, we teach people to turn tune into the wisdom of the body, and then farm that up to the wisdom of the mind to carry out what the body is guiding you towards.
0: So, what does that look like in action?
1: Yeah. So everyone's different Uh, and and part of it is about connecting with your physical senses, which then also help you connect to your psychic senses, right? All the Uh clairs, and, you know, some people are stronger in some than others. Some people have all of them. And so I'm about, this is why it takes time because I'm about the pattern recognition, right? Spending time in and with your body to go, cool. When I get this fluttery feeling in my chest, That little anxiety is showing me that there's something going on here that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. I just, I like to teach discernment versus judgment when we're connecting in with our bodies rather than overanalyzing. Well, what does that mean? Which is judgment, right? Wanting to place a value on it, put things in hierarchy. This is better. That's worse. Whatever. I could just be like, this is, this is just not for me. Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe here. I don't feel comfortable here or I'm just, I'm a no. So at the very basic level, I just, I teach people to notice what does yes feel like in your body? What does no feel like in your body? And what does truth feel like in your body Mm. when you're in the presence of something that's true for you? And some people get like goosebumps, like people call them truth bumps. I get what I call tears of truth. Sometimes I just start crying uncontrollably and I'm like, "Ah, ah!" like, there's no reason for me to be crying. And I'm like, oh, there's something, whatever's going on here, really important for me to pay attention to. Right. So we start to learn, I call it like your body's unique language of the senses. So like, what means what for you? Right. And again, if all you ever figured out was yes, no, and truth, that's pretty solid for navigating Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world around you so
0: for people who want to take it deeper what is the next layer of that like you're right like those are awesome yes no and truth and I think that's how a lot of people feel alignment flow resonance use the compass of their life to guide them in the direction that they want to go what is a layer deeper than that where do you take people
1: I teach, I call it learning how to connect with your divine support squad, right? And for me, that's going to be whatever divine beings of light love you unconditionally. So whether like you all, I'm sure you talk about angels, right? Ascended masters, like whoever. I was raised Catholic. I'm not religious anymore. But Jesus, Mother Mary, and Mary Magdalene, they're in my like MVP, VIP rather, divine support squad that yes. is my spirit team call it whatever you want right but then i also i work with my ancestors and that and that's that's a different experience for me so i'm actually a person who has like several altars all over my home for like different things right and so however it is that you want to connect with those identify who or what you resonate with and then what is super fun is beyond the yes no truth is how how are you receiving the two way communication with your divine support squad? Right, mm-hmm. is it? I'm 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 heavily clear cognizant, so things will occur to me as if they're a stream of my own thoughts. However, there is like a, a difference in like sensation and energy of what my own thoughts feel like and what it feels like when I'm like receiving something from hundred percent someone in my squad. You know, yeah. So that's the more nuanced again, and it takes, it's it's pattern recognition, right? What does that feel like? What is, does each different guide or being feel like? Or if it's like a group, like when I worked in the Akashic Records, and I still do sometimes, we work with the masters, teachers, and loved ones, and that's like a stream, right? So it wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, your masters are saying this, your teachers, your love. It's like this group is saying this, right? Yeah. And you Through practice. but And this is what's super unsexy about embodiment work. It's not fast. Yes. I mean, it can be, right? There's always, you know, those miraculous moments when you're just like ready and it just happens and you're like, oh, there it is. But it also just practice, consistency, paying attention, noticing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's work. It's work. But it's so like, it's so juicy though. It is.
0: It's the best. It is the best. It's so enjoyable. Well, because you get to this place where I think so much of humanity, so many of us have gone through and are still going through many people trying to fix themselves, trying to be Mm -hmm. better, trying to be something else. A lot of us were told, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like this? and it is a returning home to yourself on so many different levels where instead of trying to fix yourself, you get oh, yeah. to be all of yourself. Yes. And radiate it out.
1: That's it. So when I was doing all those Akashic Records readings, like 75, 80% of the time, people would just show up and their first question would be, What's my purpose? And more often than not, when people ask that question, they're really thinking about their career. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I mean, the answer would vary like the tiniest bit, but for the most part, it was always the same answer to be the most like fully expressed version of yourself, right? I call it to let your soul take up more space in your life, right? So to tap into all that wisdom you have from all of your lifetimes, your ancestral medicine, any, anything else that you have access to, right? Yes, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, let let as much of that come through as possible. That's yeah. your purpose. That's yeah. everyone's. And the way that gets expressed, it might be through your career. Maybe not. You know what I loved? How many people would show up thinking, do I need to quit my job? Do I need to start a business? And how often people would be told, No. Please stay where you are and shine light there because yeah. that environment needs it. Like we don't need another coach. We need someone shining their light, like at, at every level in every kind of place. Right. There are From healers
0: the- in every area of yes. life. Yes. yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Um. So 100%. important.
0: Oh. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being on the podcast. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. Um, you have a podcast yourself. Tell them where mm-hmm. they can listen to that. Um, cool. And then Instagram. They should be following you over there too.
1: Yes. I love Instagram. It's just my name at Elizabeth Dialto. My website is untameyourself.com. And the podcast is called Embodied with Elizabeth D'Alto. And Perfect. anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find it.
0: Yay. And Dialto has a capital A and we will keep all of those uh, links. We'll put them all in the show notes below so that everybody has them. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. If you want to join us, friends, Elizabeth's going to take us through some of her work and she's going to explore this with us, take us deeper into grounding over in the angel membership. You can listen to the rest of that over there. Thanks, Elizabeth. Sure.